Welcome to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm Christine Backus. This is episode 26, and I am really, really excited to have Emily Trinkus on with me again. She's my astrology mentor, a teacher, author, writer, obviously astrologer, etc. And we're going to be talking a lot about some of her offerings today. Um, we're recording this on September 12th, and it will be released on whatever this Saturday is. I don't know what the date is. And um, I wanted to just give a couple of announcements before we get started. But Emily, if you wanted to say hi, I definitely want to say hi. And thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I always have so much fun talking with you, Christine. Yay, I know. And we have all sorts of fun stuff that we could talk about today. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. One is um, some of you I know have been listening for a while and know that I've had a Patreon page um, where you could become a patron and support the podcast. And I have put that on, I'll call it permanent pause. And so as I was just saying before we got started, uh, the podcast is freely available to anybody who wants to listen uh, or watch. There's always a video version and I'm upping my game on my website. So it might look a little bit better on there too. Um, and then I did want to mention, and I may say more at the end, that we are in Virgo season, which Emily has been talking about in her um, new and full moon calls. And so that one of the things that we can do in this season and in Libra, both um, the next month or two, is a cleanse or a reset for our digestion and our health. And I'll be leading, leading a group cleanse. Um, I will put a link in the episode uh, notes. And if you're on my mailing list, you've already started getting some information about that. But the, the cleanse itself will start the 28th and I'll be doing a free Q&A call on it next Wednesday. And too many different ways I wanted to go, but maybe we'll talk as we go about some of the planetary alignments and the backdrop right now. But first, Emily, I really wanted to start by um, kind of announcing some of your classes. And because I think one of them is the real springboard for um, a fun conversation today. Um, and the first was, of course, this could be a fun conversation too. You just did uh, a Mars in Gemini class, a Mars retrograde in Gemini class, because we just had Mars go into that sign for seven months. Kind of a big deal. It's rare. Um, and then the other course you have coming up is the art and practice of astrology. And I'm really excited about the fact that you're doing it and how you've structured it. So I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about both of those and then let's kind of launch into wherever that takes us. Okay, thank you. So yeah, I did, I did a um, about 90, actually more than 90 minute webinar. I had a lot to say um, about the upcoming Mars retrograde. We're in that influence from September 3rd to March 15th. So it's a really big deal. Mars only goes retrograde every two years and that's why it's a big deal. And um, yeah, and I talked a lot about the, the archetype of the warrior Mars magician, Gemini. And I think this is a real test and ideally a strengthening of our minds and a test around focusing our attention on what we want to create and knowing our power to create when, when we're 
in the right mental space and also using our words, you know, our, our word is our wand, using our words very consciously because with Mars and Gemini, there can be, there's a lot of mental energy stirring and there's a lot of uh, verbal energy potentially stirring in not the most conscious way where we might blurt something out or just blah, 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 blah. And then, oh shit, why did I say that? Oh no. Um, so really um, using that Martian energy of focus and discipline and awareness, attention to be just a lot more conscious of how we're navigating that Gemini realm of thoughts and language. Um, so yeah, I have a lot to say about that. And, and then also just in general that, that we're in such a period of retro-ness where almost everything in the sky is either retrograde or in the retrograde shadow. And so this is a big period of needing to slow down. And I know, Christine, uh, I'm so sorry about your accident. And, and so Christine shared that she had hurt her foot and ankle quite badly in a fall. And I was telling her before we started the recording that she's the third person I've heard from just in the last uh, week or so who's had a bad fall, hurt foot or ankle. And I think this is part of the retrograde energy as well, where we really need to slow down. And Gemini is a, is a sign that can be kind of all over the place and overextended and moving quickly. And all of this retrograde energy really asking us to move more slowly. And many of us do not slow down without our bodies um, forcing us to. And as I've shared with my people, I was sick a couple of weeks ago. And, and I know that's not uncommon right, right now either, that illness can be also a way to get us to slow down and turn inward and do those retro things um, or to uh, force us to detox. I knew I was ripe for a fall detox, but not volunteering. So my body volunteered to do that spontaneously. So yeah, there's all that. Obviously there's plenty to talk about there. Um, and yeah, the recording of that webinar is available and I highly recommend it because I really go very deep, deeply and thoroughly into how to work with these energies for the next six months. Um, and then, yeah, the, the class that I'm going to teach this fall um, a five-week class starting October 7th, I believe, is the art and practice of astrology. And what, what inspired me, um, so this class is basically focusing on what are we doing as astrologers? Like the bigger questions of what, what is, what does it mean to practice astrology and, and how can we do it really well. And so it's not about techniques. It's not about more information. It's not about um, more skills. Um, it's more, how do we utilize what, what we already have? Um, because my sense is with Mars retrograde in Gemini, Gemini, the sign of information and data and skills, um, my sense is we all have a lot of information. And when it comes to astrology, you know, very different from, you know, 30 years ago or 20 years ago, even now 
you can find all kinds of information about astrology online and there's a ton of it and a lot of it is actually even good good information you can find but i think what happens is we we get so full of information and um and all these different techniques and oh we can do perfections and progressions and the solar return and the transits and blah 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 all these techniques but then we're we're missing the bigger I guess the the deeper meaning behind what we're doing and 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 my sense is that how we do it is more important than what we're doing. So a, a lot of times, you know, in the world of astrology, as as anyone knows who's dipped their toe into it, there are so many different ideas about which house system to use, which zodiac to use? Are we doing Vedic or are we doing Western? Are we doing evolutionary? Are we doing Hellenistic? So a lot of focus on the, the what and not enough focus on the how or the process where to me, it's like, I don't care if you're using porphyry houses or whole signs or whatever, or, and I don't care if you're doing Hellenistic or evolutionary. It's like, it, the technique is not as important as where are we coming from in terms of um, our our approach, our um, yeah, the philosophy behind it. And so these deeper questions around how do we practice and being more conscious of the practice itself and how a lot of focus on us as practitioners and where are we coming from? So not, not looking out there at, even at the other person, the, the client or the chart, but really like, wait, where am I coming from? And what are the assumptions behind how I'm approaching astrology? So it just seems like, a, like with all this retrograde, um, all these retrograde planets in the sky, it seems like a really good time to deepen deepen into what we already know and go behind behind the knowledge to bring in more wisdom because i think it's the wisdom mm -hmm. piece here on the natural wisdom podcast the the wisdom piece that's often missing or just not addressed enough that was i love that yeah gosh i love that um it got me thinking of course about many things um I just did a whole series of episodes on karma, um, probably five or six of them. And one of them was about fate and free will in astrology and how we create karma through astrology. Uh, and karma, my definition, just for those of you that haven't heard it in, a, in at least a couple of weeks, is karma is essentially the, um, the survival strategies and the beliefs that run our thoughts, words, actions, behavior, and therefore destiny, right? So that's what karma really is. And I remember when I first started practicing astrology, a local person here who's a little bit bizarre, caught me in the parking lot of the grocery store and proceeded to give me a giant lecture on how, um, as a practicing astrologer, you could create so much negative karma and hurt people and blah, 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 blah. And he started telling me a story about somebody telling uh, an astrologer, telling somebody about when they were going to die. And I thought, yeah, okay. And I, and then I actually, you know, and I finally shut him up and got away from him. 
Um, but I actually have had that experience with sitting with a client uh, recently whose father had been told in the 70s that he would die at age 82. And he's 82 now. And of course, she's dealing with all of that. And there were a lot of other things that I wanted to say, but one of them, especially this Mars retro in Gemini, I think we forget, not just as astrologers, but as human beings, that what we say to people can be curses. And I'm not trying to invest, you know, uh, something nasty you said once to somebody with a whole bunch of power, but that whole idea of conscious, you know, bringing consciousness to what we say and in this whole thing with this accident, um, I don't want to go into the whole story, but I had a family member who is very much um, in a different medical paradigm than I am, who had said something to me a couple of weeks before, basically asking me if I would go to the hospital if I shattered my ankle. So, so when I hurt my ankle, although all of his words were going through my head and I, I had to give myself a whole lot of energy healing to kind of get out of that curse. Um, yeah, so that's a long story. But um, I think as astrologers, especially, I don't know what you think about this, Emily, but my sense is that we are becoming, whether we mean to or not, spiritual teachers for a lot of people. And as you know, people like to give their power over to us. Some people like to give their power over to astrologers. And I think it brings me back to that very Saturn responsibility. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and that's actually the, the way I'm structuring the class is through the slow moving planets, starting with Saturn and my headline for talking about Saturn, and I'll certainly talk about responsibility, but boundaries being the first one and boundaries in the sense that not only boundaries um, between me and a client in, in working with people, but our own boundaries with astrology itself hmm. and the way that we can give our power away to astrology that we as astrologers can project our power onto the planets just as clients will project their power onto us as representatives of the planets or representatives of the cosmic forces. And so really like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's tricky, right? Because I, I, well, I don't even want to say, I was, <laughs> Mars and Gemini, I, I was going <laughs> to say something about, well, yes, I do think that, um, you know, astrology works, but I don't think it's, I don't think the planets are causing anything. I think it's a reflection mm -hmm. of our human experience. So it's just, it's a, it's a way for us to um, have another perspective on what's happening here on earth, but it's not, planets are not making anything happen. Um, and I think what's, you know, what you were saying about our responsibility not to, you know, curse, clients, I've certainly, and you've probably had this experience too, had clients come to you having been traumatized by another astrologer who were looking, you know, let me get a, a second opinion here, doc, you know, what's, what's going on. Um, and that is, that's real. And, and people, you know, people in positions of, you know, power as astrologers do have to be very conscious of not cursing clients. Um, but at the same time, I've 
had the experience several times where I say something and then I hear the client later repeating back what I said, which is not at all what I said. They heard something very different from what came out of my mouth. And in those cases, I'm very thankful that I always record, right? There's always a recording of the reading and I hope that they go back and listen and hear what I actually said. But there's so much um, projection or just expectation where people don't necessarily hear clearly what, you know, they don't necessarily receive what you're putting out there. And ultimately the responsibility I mean, yes, we have responsibility to, to stay in our, um, in our field and speak in a you know, loving, useful way, but it's ultimately the, the other person's responsibility to know their own power and, and to take what's useful and ignore the rest, right? And yeah, and I, I've been on both ends as reader and, you know, uh, recipient of readings and noticing my own tendency to, you know, hang on to something that someone said or want to see things in a certain way or, you know, and then having to pull back and, yeah, come, come back to my own authority. I mean, this is a huge, this is a huge theme right now around, you know, with Pluto at the last degrees of Capricorn, we're really getting our, our final exam around standing in our authority and knowing our authority and not projecting authority. Um, and so anyone, anyone in the position of healer or you know, teacher, whether that's astrologer or um, you know, any kind of reader or you know, psychic or any kind of healer, you know, we're, we're really having to, yeah, to, to deal with that within ourselves and with the people who are coming to us. Yeah, it, it strikes me. I mean, the word obviously that I keep thinking about is protecting people's sovereignty and not to mention everybody else's, but also our own, that sense of sovereignty. And, you know, we mentioned it before we started in here today. Um, but, uh, and again, I was, I was saying that I had just listened to one of your podcast episodes um, with Pam Gregory and talking about this transition into the Aquarian age, which is, of course, what you've been focusing on so much. And Pluto shifting into Aquarius, at least starting into Aquarius next year. And I think it was astrologer Stephen Forrest. I'm pretty sure it was Stephen Forrest who said something about when Pluto goes into Aquarius, it's going to be a weeding out of astrologers. And I thought that was an interesting way of talking about it um, because, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of what we're up against now is this like renaissance of astrology. And as you say, this, you know, we're sort of these last final degrees of Capricorn and investigating power, right? That's what Pluto was about is investigating what real power is, power versus control, power, real power coming from desire and authenticity. And so um, I wonder, maybe, maybe you could talk about like your Pluto outline for your course too, and how this whole transition into Aquarius strikes you in, in line of your, in light of your course and what's been going on for you. 
Well, that's a great question. And the, the way I teach is <laughs> I get a broad sense of where I'm going and put it out there. And then it's typically like a couple days before I teach each class that the download comes in. I'm on a need to know basis here with the planets, but um, <laughs> that's how I teach too. So I understand, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I hadn't heard that. Um, that quote from, if that was indeed Stephen Forrest, who said that about the weeding out of astrologers, I think that's interesting. I think there's been something um, around, you know, as astrology has become more and more mainstream and more popular, there's been this um, kind of push toward like certification and I'm, I'm certified in this program and that, yeah. which on the one hand, like on the one hand, there's the you know, quality control and, and to, you know, we want people who actually know what they're doing, but at the same time, astrology as, as a tradition that, that comes from magic and um, intuition and knowing, like there's the, the science, you know, the more sort of masculine, let's say like scientific, you know, yes, there are uh, skills and, you know, timing and, you know, all those kind of um, uh, left brain things, but then it's also, you know, a folk tradition and a tradition of people right. having a direct connection with the sky and my own unique interpretation, not, not the cookie cutter. Oh, well, I'm a Jeff Green School of Evolutionary Astrology astrologer, so I'm gonna do it this way, you know? So I think it's interesting, just again, thinking about Pluto and Capricorn and Capricorn being the, the sign of, you know, certificates and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have credentials and I've done it this way. Um, and, and again, there's a place for that, but I feel like, yeah, maybe there's something about Pluto going into Aquarius where it's like, I, to me, like when I, when I used to teach an apprenticeship program for astrologers, I don't want everyone doing what I do. Like I'm like, I see my role as a teacher to share like, hey, this is what works for me. This is my approach because it works for me, but everyone's got to find their own way with it and bring in all of their different, um, you know, wisdom and experience and right. We all have a different, um, we're all so different and that's part of Aquarius, right? We're all unique. We're all, you know, radical individuals. It's about individuation. And so I guess my mm -hmm. hope would be like, people really finding their own way and knowing like from the Capricorn, knowing my own sovereignty and, and self authority to be able to speak my truth and feel free Aquarius in how I'm interpreting astrology to be really authentic to me. And then we can all learn from each other because that's also part of Aquarius is that right. there's, it's not um, hierarchical. It's not vertical. It's, we're all, we're all leaders, we're all teachers, we all have something unique to share, but that doesn't work if we're locking ourselves into some cookie cutter formula, then we're losing that, that wildness and that uniqueness and that, um, that evolution, right? We can't really, we can't right. evolve unless we're all really being authentic and bringing forward what only we came here to bring forward. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point because I, I've watched that sort of certification urge. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it is that people are, are looking for somebody else to tell them that they know enough to do readings, right? Yes. They know enough to do something professionally or to talk about it. So there's some of that, like, 
yeah, that it, again, it's a giving over of power. But to me, it's also a very, uh, it's like a remnant. And I may get myself in trouble with this because it's, it's a strongly held opinion that I've had for like 40 years, actually, about certification and licensing in general. It's usually a way to protect um, a, a, a group of people and give them more money or more ability. And it's not, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I think it's a, a distortion, a patriarchal distortion of Capricorn and credibility and even Saturnian stuff. And um, I, we can all think about people, providers, medical providers and others that have lots of certifications that may or may not be more skilled and better healers than somebody with none. And that's just the way it is, you know, because as one of my teachers, my uh, Ayurveda teacher said, you heal with your presence. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's true for astrologers, just as you were saying, as you talked about with your course, is that it's who we are that helps people. You know, I mean, yes, we give them information for the mind and yes, we can give them um, like an experience as well, but it's who we are that is supporting them and the presence and the the space we can hold for them to do their own work right right and and you know the space that we can hold to affirm other people's yeah. sovereignty and their knowing versus and this is you know it's very easy when one is starting out as an astrologer to have to make it all about me and how much I know or how much I don't know and to see it, you know, see a reading as almost like a performance or a, a test, you know, like, oh, let, let me prove that this is worth the, you know, 100 bucks I'm charging or prove that I really know what I'm doing. So I better know, you know, whereas like in my own evolution as an astrologer, um, it's been more about let me just show up and see what's present and see what comes to me and if something is you know there have been plenty of times I've looked at a chart and said I don't really I don't really understand like how is this playing out like I don't really know you know and and just ask that question like be you know be willing to not know and just check it out the person living the chart is the expert not me um and if I see something confounding I'm not going to try to make up an answer for how I think it's playing out if I don't know I'll just ask the question or say like wow I don't know what to do with this how's that how's that working for you yes yeah I mean yes I agree because that's um that's been my experience as well and of course you know the more charts you look at the more you have a sense of oh this is a pattern and this is how it often shows up but I'm also I I've taken to explaining more and more to people that we're talking about energy just energy and each planet has its own energy. Saturn has its energy of contraction. Jupiter has its energy of expansion. But those can show up in really in almost in unlimited ways. So they're always, you know, Saturn's always going to show up as that sort of bringing things together into form um, and focus. But it doesn't always, and it doesn't always mean like a certain way that's going to happen. And I wonder, you know, that whole actually I just went like again five different directions but I was kind of back to Mars and Gemini that I wonder if this and what you were saying at the beginning about this being so much about how we focus our attention and what stories we're creating 
And then, you know, as I said, in one of my episodes, that was what I talked about with astrology. What stories are we creating about the planets and about their energies? Because that will be how they show up. Mm -hmm. right because again then you're creating this whole in my words collective karma and so if we always think that uranus is going to be accidents you know and i i say that knowing that yes okay that is my experience sometimes i don't think it has to be well and it doesn't have to be right lots of people have uranus transits and they don't have accidents so it kind of comes back to that, um, not cursing ourselves or cursing our clients or cursing us, you know, big picture by what we say about these transits and these, um, these planetary energies, whether we're sitting with a client or I did a little rant on Facebook yesterday about Mercury retrograde and how I think, I think I said there, there might, there, here are four multiple choice reasons that we all get afraid of mercury retrograde and this that and the other i said first astrologers are drama queens and drama kings and second um it's all true what was the third i can't remember what all third what the third one was but my last one was all of the above and of course it's all true right i mean all of the above yes mercury retrograde can have that and yes we're some of us especially those with leo moons or drama queens you know who love to tell the dramatic stories but there's also a time and a place and like a context for that that doesn't tell people, oh no, don't. I had a, you know, I had a friend slash client reach out to me who was had just found a rental and finding a rental in this part of the world is next to impossible. And she had to sign the contract, I think on Saturday, Friday or Saturday. So right in the station and was asking me what, what I said, what I thought. And I said, read it twice, take your time. And do what you got to do you know i mean what it, it yeah because you can't stop living your life because you've heard that a particular transit is going to do a particular thing right and i think what you said about energy is so um useful and important like if like if we know we're in a uranian time and of course i know that this uranian um, transit is very personal for you in terms of your chart, but I think all of us, right, with the Saturn Uranus square heating yeah. up now over the next month or so and coming into exactness enough, we could say, okay, we're all in a Uranian time, some of us more intensely than others, but all of us are in that energy. So we could, you know, say, okay, well, what's that energy about? It, it is about breaks in the sense of, you know, breaking up what's become stagnant or breaking free from what, yep. you know, what's where we're overly attached or breaking through or, right, and, and this energy of like shattering, shattering the old Saturn, like where, where are things um, rigid, too rigid or stuck or limited or constricted. So it's like, and, and not to say that we can necessarily avoid you know, quote, accidents and, and in the bigger right. picture, you know, even though, yeah, falling down, <laughs> breaking a foot or an ankle is extremely painful and not fun. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone, just like I wouldn't wish illness on anyone. But I also trust there is a, you know, I trust things happen for a reason. Um, and there's some wisdom even in those, you know, quote, bad events. Um, but also, 
I, I think this is where we can really ask ourselves, okay, how can I cooperate with this? Right. Where am I, where am I too attached? Where have I, where am I limiting myself? Where do I need to just, you know, shatter the past and let it go and break through? And, you know, what's, what's holding me back? What are the fears? Where do I need to take a risk? So the, the more we can, I think the more we can cooperate with the, with the energy, the less likely crisis, it, the less likely it is that crisis will come in. But then again, there's the kind of wild card of, right. you know, maybe you just need to have an accident and be, uh, get on the couch. Don't go anywhere. We need you right here. Who knows? Right. Well, and I, you know, as you said that one of the things I thought, what I've done with other, with clients sometimes who are in Uranus transits is suggest some kind of Uranian ritual, right? You know, like make a commitment, um, come up with what you want to break, what you want to break, you know, a habit or a thought pattern or, you know, whatever it might be. And then like make a ritual around it so that you specifically focus on what you want to break and then get in one way of talking about it, get the help from Uranus because that's what it's there for is to help us in my view, to help us break free, break free, break through. Um, and of course, you know, this Uranus transit for me has been tremendous breakthroughs. There's been so many breakthroughs, you know? So the, yeah, I don't, I think um, whether there's wisdom in the ankle injury or not, there is a way I can work with it, right? Because it happened. It, and it's like anything else, right? You can work with something because it's there. It's because it's happened. It's just, it's about, this is a Saturn thing, right? There's reality. <laughs> There's a way of working with reality. And right. it's co-creation, right? So I'm lying on the sofa and I have to rest and my mental energy is affected and my emotional energy. Um, so that's the way I'm working with it is like not doing very much. <laughs> Right, and I think there's a lot of um, a lot of wisdom in the not doing very much right now, or not adding, right. not adding more to our plates, but more like digesting and integrating and deepening into yes. and reflecting on and really taking in what's already there. Um, and that, that was what I got, you know, when I was sick a couple of weeks ago, and it, and of course it was perfect because I had to postpone my. Mars retrograde class that is like, yep, that pretty much fits the symbolism. There's a lot that has to be rescheduled and rearranged and, you know, accommodated for because we, do, we, we need that time to process. Um, what you were saying about ritualizing the energy is so wise and useful. And then also thinking about um, creativity as another way to right. Right, like, and and knowing that there are, um, you know, examples of actors, say, who are going through big Pluto transits, and maybe their their life isn't life events aren't so Plutonian, but they're acting in movies that are about the underworld or you know the <laughs> mafia or some you know death and rebirth experience. Right, they're playing it out through their art, and it's it's like if if the transits you know if the current influences are really showing which archetypes and energies are alive and and wanting to engage with you right now and kind of where are you at ar archetypally or energetically then creativity mm -hmm. is such a um i mean useful and 
sort of what do I want to say like not not so risky way to engage right like like it might be terrifying for me to write about some you know underworldly experience I went through or something I'm afraid that's going to happen but if I can go through that in my writing or to you know create some imagery that that scares me or that feels you know like I'm moving some of that fear through what I'm creating, like that's that's engaging with the archetypes too. And and then it maybe it doesn't have to play out in such a literal way because I've already gone there. Um, but I didn't have to go, I don't know, spelunking, you know, deep into the cave. I did it, you know, through my imagination or through what I'm expressing. I love that, especially for those of us that like to write. I'm not, I've not, well, except in writing groups, I've not tried my hand at like a fictional story of things being shattered or broken or, you know, or breakthroughs and, and very Uranian stuff. That could be a very fun practice is the creating the story, you know, as fiction um, right. to sort of like channel the energy. Because again, we're talking about energy, right? So that we are all like super sensitive, whether we know it or not, re um, receivers for these energies. And they have to move. And so, you know, one way they move, especially when you have the tension in the sky and it interacts with your chart is through sudden breaks, you know, literal physical breaks. But there's other ways for that energy to channel. Yeah, and I love, so I might have to try my hand at some fiction. <laughs> yeah, or it could be like, you know, thinking of Uranus as the quantum leap, right? Yeah. Taking, taking our lives to this higher level, like never expected so that could be a fun writing exercise too like what would you know the quantum leap in my um love life or in my business life in my financial life like you know what's what's the fantasy actually probably a good time to fantasize as we come into um well we're still in the aftermath of the pisces full moon and sun coming into the opposition with neptune so good good time to you and and actually coming back to Mars retrograde since Mars will be squaring Neptune for a very long time and bringing in energy that is potentially right. confusing or foggy or um, you know delusion. But if we can use our warrior magician focus to call in the imagination and our dream and our higher vision, and then, you know, oh, I, I could write about that. What's my big dream for the world and my beautiful vision for the future or quantum leap into the most beautiful future. What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I thought about as you were saying that besides what my novel might look like um, is that, you know, one of the things that we're dealing with um, and have been for 2000 years, roughly, is this divorce between material and spiritual. And in astrology, I think it gets, it's what we're talking about, like with the certification and what your class I think is addressing um, is that this divorce between spiritual and material means that we look at things as deterministic and mechanistic and this energy meets this energy and this happens rather than sort of understanding it. And in a way, this is where we've lost something by not treating the planets as deities. You know, we don't have deities, typically, most of us, um, even in the spiritual world, I don't work with deities, but this might be a time um, when as we try to 
reintegrate right spiritual material material reintegrate the polarities re um sort of review our whole concept of duality maybe this is a time to start imbuing again the planets with these this um personalities of deities and working with them that way as well even though that may not fit with like how we see it like if we see it as a reflection of our own selves which i certainly do but we can still treat uranus as a deity right for the purposes of working and co-creating co with that planet or any other planet does that well, make sense I, hopefully that made sense <laughs> i'm not sure but here's what I think so. But what I'm thinking is that that the the deities, like to the ancients, that was a way of um, what like animating these archetypes that are actually within us. Like I think right, all the, right, like all right. the planets live within us. But what's cool about astrology is it gives us an objective way to look at all of those parts of ourselves. And I think that where the distortion comes in is when we're seeing those um, deities, those living archetypes as completely outside of ourselves right. and having agency over us versus if I'm not in touch with my inner Uranian and the part of me that needs to shake it up and be really authentic and take a risk and follow some weird intuitive hit that I'm getting, if I'm not in touch with that, then that's when the archetype comes at me from the outs or appears to come at me from the outside. It's right. still coming from within me, but it's gonna appear to come in from the outside to create some kind of shakeup or crisis that does take me out of my ordinary reality, which I needed to get out of anyway, but I was too afraid to, or just expressing that part of myself. It, or, it, yeah. It's like conscious projection, right? Perfect. Consciously yes. projecting onto a planet, but knowing that you're doing it and using it as a, a device or as a tool to work with that energy of that planet, knowing that it's really in here. Yes. Yes. Well said. Yeah. 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 Because I think, you know, it's, it, and it's back to, I always think of Charles Eisenstein when I think about the, what I'll call the karma of separation, you know, that, that's the, the fundamental, the fundamental root karma is that, that sense of being separate from anything or anyone else, whether it's a planet or, you know, my kitchen table or you and me. And I, we've probably talked about, I've probably, I know I've talked about this ad nauseum because that's to me what the natural wisdom podcast is all about what natural wisdom is all about is is remembering that it's we're all we are the earth we are nature we are the planets and the planets are us and the planets you know as part of the natural world are what we're we're and when we cooperate with their cycles and their energies especially when given based on our charts that's when we get to do us Right. You know, that's when we get to live our souls, like and fully embody our soul here now as humans. Right. Because in a, in a sense, like the, the planetary cycles and the rhythms, those are reflecting our human rhythms, exactly. our, our natural human rhythms. And I think, you know, if, if we were totally in touch with our own bodies and feelings and intuition, I, we wouldn't need astrology because we would, right. we would listen, listen within and we would know what time it is. 
but for those of us who, you know, well, most of us, I think, have been conditioned away from our own knowing. And so the, the planets are a great reminder. And as, as we know, often when we figure out what's going on astrologically, it's just validation of what we all, like, right. oh, I was feeling that. That's right. Oh, right. Okay. I'm not crazy. That's, there's something going on here. It's not just me. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the as above, uh, so below, as without, so within, but it's also in Ayurveda, the, the, at least the English translation is that each human, each person, individual is a microcosm of the macrocosm. And that's why, you know, from just a pure health stamp, well, pure physical health standpoint, cooperating with the cycles of nature, which are most obvious in the sun, right? The seasons and the time of day, um, that's, that's how we stay healthy. And one of the primary causes of disease, and then when you pull in all the other planets, you're talking about mental, emotional, and spiritual disease. One of the primary causes of disease is being out of sync. Right. 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 And this is my, you know, having gotten sick in the exact same way, <laughs> three years in a row at the exact same time of year. I'm interesting. I'm, right. Virgo season as you were saying in the beginning, great time to detox. And clearly that's what my body needed. And next year I'm going to be proactive. And do yes. that, right? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Cause Ayurveda talks about detoxing at the juncture of the seasons. And for me, that's more Aries Libra, but for you, that's Pisces Virgo. And I don't know if you get it in the Pisces season as well when the sun's in Pisces, but you already know it's in Virgo. So yeah, it's perfect. I mean, those are the kinds of things that, you know, like all of us have, we're in sync with these cycles, whether we know it or not, and they can be a little bit personal, a little bit different for us. Um, but this is what's useful, right, is to cooperate with that. That's why, that's why I keep offering these cleanses, because I won't do it if I don't offer a group cleanse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, well... There's so many more things to talk about, but is there, is there anything else on your mind right now? Um, I feel like I, I actually feel like I want to do schedule another episode. I don't know, end of the year, beginning of next year and talk about some of this more about this Aquarian shift and Pluto moving into Aquarius and all that, just because I think there's so much there to unpack, right? Lots of people will be doing that. And I'm sure you, I assume you'll be doing a class on it as well. Um, but what, what, anything else on your mind? Cause I'm realizing I just kind of ran out of words for a moment, which is <laughs> unusual for me. Well, um, you know, in terms of immediate influences, not so much, except just to say that I, I just really feel like over the next month, a lot is going to be popping, um, in terms of world events and, and happening quickly. And I think, I think this time is a real, um, test or challenge around our own, I want to say like mental health and emotional health and just, again, yes. like really wielding our power around where our attention goes because there is such a um, potential for, for our attention to be hijacked and to go into dark places and delusional yes. places, South Node and Scorpio, and really staying grounded in our bodies and what's what's actually true right here right now in my environment how can I make my environment 
more beautiful and supportive, you know, since Gemini is not only about the mind and words, but also about our everyday environment mm-hmm. and a big focus, you know, big focus on that as a place of power, like being in my own field, in my own space, having it the way I need it to be um, as a kind of sanctuary and support for um, uh, not just surviving, but of course thriving um, Mm -hmm. during wild times in terms of the world. Yeah, and that as as you were talking about that, it made me think about, you know, Venus is in the underworld right now for a a while. I can't remember when she comes back out, but she just went into the underworld late August and all the retro energy. And then we have the eclipses coming up at the end of October and then the second eclipse of this next season on election day, conjunct Uranus. And so it feels like to me, this period of turning in with all the retro energy and Venus in the underworld is, as you said at the beginning, like really a time to digest, refocus. Um, And it's like a preparatory, like a time of preparation for what could be a pretty wild ride. Yes. Well, and will be, right? I mean, even I'm sure you're seeing it in the charts that you're doing for clients that... (sighs) I can't tell you how many clients I've had. And, you know, a lot of them have Taurus and Scorpio nodes right now for obvious reasons and Plutonian stuff going on. But there's so many of them that as we pull it all together, it's like, oh, you're in a preparation phase until next spring. Right. Right. And that's what it feels like is we're short-term preparation for a wild ride at the end of the year, but long-term, you know, we have more big ships next Well, I mean, Mark, I mean, it's huge that in March, not only does Pluto go into Aquarius for the first time in almost 300 years, but also that Saturn moves into a new sign, which is very much an indicator of new chapter, you know, right? So, you know, and especially thinking about, okay, Saturn first went into Aquarius in March of 2020. Okay start of a new chapter, quite literal. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Yeah, that's Saturn, right? Saturn is so literal. So really seeing like, yeah, we do have this preparation time, this fall and winter to prepare for these two major shifts um, and, and yeah, entering new chapters and, um, and how do we get ourselves, how do we prepare our, our minds and our, our inner world and our environments and our, and our relationships, you know? And I think with this, Mercury retrograde that we just went into, Mercury retrograde in Libra, sign of relationship, um, and even Gemini, you know, which is a a sign of connection. Who are my, who are my peers? Who are my collaborators? You know, there's, there's a big focus on kind of getting it together and rearranging or renegotiating or reconnecting, you know, who are my people uh, moving forward? Who do I really need in my life? And maybe who not so much. Yeah. And actually, you know, whenever I think about, especially, well, even Gemini and Aquarius, you know, it's our relationship with everything, right. Including ourselves. And it comes back to that, you know, that sense of duality, right. Our, our sense of separateness, you know, if we're revisiting relationship, it starts by realizing that we are in relationship with everything. And that right back to that whole thing that we're all part of one thing, one field, one energy field, or what, however you describe it, you know, um, you can use modern physics or spirituality or whatever. 
Right, and it's felt really, and I know I've talked about this in my moon moon calls and um, also the Mars retro class, but you know, since Gemini is the sign of siblings and relatives, mm -hmm. and I think this is, and I'm noticing for myself and people around me, clients, yeah. like this really stirring up and bringing us back into the past to hopefully do some healing or grieving or forgiveness, um, releasing around those um, core, you know, initial relationships that shaped us and that inform all of our relationships moving forward. And I was talking about this in my Pisces full moon call, how I'm yeah. seeing all this, you know, this infighting among allies and turning, you know, people in the same movement, turning against each other. Mm. It's like, oh, we so don't need that right now. But, but I think that's all just reenacting early trauma, you know, unresolved right. trauma with our and siblings are, are big, but, you know, relatives, family stuff in general, we just keep replaying that, replaying that, replaying that until we don't, until we heal it, until we get, <laughs> until we get it. But I think we're going to see a lot more of that, you know, Mars conflict fighting, more of that fighting among peers, Gemini, um, that's really just reenacting our unresolved, you know, sister issues, brother issues. Right. Issues. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, uh, I have noticed it's a really, really it, just again, based on clients coming to me and some of the other healers, I know that trauma is up for healing. That's the Taurus Scorpio axis, right? I mean, it is time to heal trauma mm -hmm. and we all have it, whether it's, you know, these huge, um, the huge things or things that felt huge to us that might not look huge to other people well and i think this is part of the kind of excitement or um you know great potential with uranus square saturn too because saturn is like what's what's become crystallized yeah. and defended and and stuck and you're just like what time to break through we can free <laughs> ourselves and that that you know great quality of Uranus that we can move through things more quickly. And it just feels like we need to move through this quickly. We don't have another decade to, to work on that. You know, we, we can shatter that. We can break free of that. Um, and it doesn't have to take, you know, a thousand years of talk therapy or something to get there. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I love that we did find more things to talk about. And I knew we would, but let's, um, I think it's probably a good time to be wrapping up now. So yeah, if there's any questions. Yeah. So let me go ahead and um, just wrap it up and turn off the recording and then we'll have our, our little Q and A off, off, whatever that is not off camera, but off recording. Um, but yeah, that's it. So thank you so much, Emily, for being here. This is, uh, I do love our conversations. They are fun. Yeah. My pleasure as always. And, and I, yeah, I, th I think we should um, we should maybe find a time to talk during eclipse season and oh yeah some of that yeah maybe just before the election or just after when we'll all need a little healing work mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe you know maybe it'll be yeah who knows um, yeah okay we'll do that and thanks again for those of you listening appreciate so much you being part of this whether you're here with us in person or listening on the podcast itself. And I will put links to your, uh, both your Mars and Gemini class and your art and practice of astrology in the show notes. And then I'll also put links to sign up for the free call on my cleanse if people are interested in that. And uh, 
Thanks so much again. Thank you, Christine.